Papa Podcasting. Are you ready for Papa Papa Capital P Podcasting? Did somebody say podcast? Oh, wait. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. It's all right. Why did you have to do that? Did you what what happened just before? Did you just come in? Oh, you were just sitting at you were just sitting at your computer without your headphones off for the past. I want to say I want to say five minutes. I've got to say, do you you know what's funny? You know what is funny? Mm. Do you know why? It's because I was preoccupied. Preoccupied. I was, and I and get this, dear listener. I was literally, and this is you just did it again. This is literally. I was literally research. I was looking at Playboy covers. Oh, is that why you? Is that the photo you sent me earlier? Yes, because I was just I was in depressed. Wild, I know, but I I was doing a marginal amount of research for this episode. Love that because you know, look a week, look I look a week, give or take a week. This is the first James Bond film. Mm. I guess it would have been in theaters. That's the thing that was in theaters when somebody I was existed. Born. Love that. existed. So this is a yes. a key moment in the franchise because this is it. This is me. I exist when this film was being watched in theaters. Yes. And I thought, what else was happening in the world? And so I Googled 007, the September issue mm-hmm. of uh, not the September issue. Um, okay. No, there was a September issue. Mm. 1987, the women of 007 celebrating three decades of James Bond. Oh, yeah. Yeah, plus... The silver the silver anniversary? Is that the 30? 30 years, yeah. Um, yeah. But but also she... B- because because um, Mariam Dabo was on the cover mm. and did a... And I've got to track down a copy because she did... She, she, this is why, because I was looking in the in the Wikipedia entry of this film and it's, it's, there's a quote from her saying let me find it she go. is one of my favorite i think she's one of my favorite bond women not just uh, we'll talk yeah. about it in the film but just we she's gorgeous um stunning i i would i just found this great quote She's like she was on the cover. The I probably would not do photos like that, knowing what I know now these days. I think is a quote, oh. almost verbatim. Oh, sad. <laughs> I don't oh, think they no, were that yeah. racy. Well, no, they weren't that racy. Yeah. I think maybe one of them. I don't know. Maybe semi, maybe it was a bad environment on the on the set. Oh, I cannot. I cannot imagine. I cannot imagine anything less than what's that toxic environment on. Yeah, mail magazine Marian, photo shoot in the eighties slash ever. I yeah. mean, fuck me. Mariam oh, Darbo fuck. is probably the foremost actress advocating for Bond woman rights. She's she's constantly been on the the interviewing her her fellow Bond women throughout history. There's a fantastic mini doc on in ver in all box sets, and I think on the Die Another Day DVD because it was made in two thousand two. Um. The, where she interviews all of her fellow uh, Bond women from history, where they reflect and they discuss sort of the 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 role of a Bond woman or, or Bond girl 
uh, as mm. we we used to refer to it as. But Long now girl. we're now we're moving forward. Shout out the women, love them, and uh, welcome just, to another- everyone. Let it be known, Dominic Fitzgerald loves women. I'm a just, big just- fan <laughs> of women, but personally speaking, huge fan. Because for the forty, the previous forty-one episodes of this podcast, everyone thought you just hated women. I don't think was, I was vocal just, enough about my love for women. women. I don't. Yeah. I mean, just, saying just, nothing oh. is just as bad as not saying it. Is uh, you know, it's, speak up. That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, Welcome to Down Down. Critics are down. <laughs> my name is Morgan Roberts. Fitzgerald Dominic Fitzgerald, and uh, here we are. Here- Timbo. I think I found the, I think I found the, I think, I think I found the quote. Um, okay. Verbatim. Can you do a Mariam Darbo impression while you read the no, quote? I can't, I cannot do it. I cannot do it. It's very soft spoken. Uh, oh, here it is. Um, yeah, no, it was on, it was on the article of her. As a time with the okay. film, she also appeared in a Bond themed Playboy cover and a multi-page pictorial. Got to oh, find yeah. that in the September 87 issue. That's wild. Because it came out in June. Yeah. Anyway, it was in the September issue. Um, but later said in an interview with People Magazine, I wouldn't do those pictures now. I've learned a lot since then. Yeah. Fair enough. Damn. Damn. It's, 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 it's something that's really fascinating about. Was Playboy big when you were growing up? Well, basically. it's next to non-existent for us. Not really. It's not a thing. It's not a cultural phenomenon. Like it is an nope. ex-cultural phenomenon. If you wanted to, if you wanted to look at pictures of hot women and with some sort of degree of clothing there or not there or whatever it was, that was that was it. It was a magazine or something or mm. or, or or late night SBS. That was it. Like the internet mm. didn't exist. No. So that was why it was huge. It was still huge all through the nineties, like the early two thousands. Mm. Um, I, I think the closest the articles, of course, you know, whatever. Yeah, whatever, of whatever, whatever, chief. You know, whatever. it's a good bit. Uh, <laughs> which, is what, which is what my mother, which is what my mother says now about uh, uh, magazines like Women's Day. Like, just, <laughs> it's just for the articles. It's just <laughs> horseshit, but okay. <laughs> I think the closest uh, my my generation ever gets to a, anything Playboy related is maybe a Hugh Hefner reference in Family Guy, and even yeah. then, that's very much fringing on kids. Ain't doing that today. Well, I think we're quite culturally aware of what it is, who it's for, what it means, and all of the things that it sort of stands for. Anyway. Yeah. It's a shame that Mary... But I was yeah, just thinking about 1987, you know, play, yeah. Playboy cover, um, I Want to Dance with Somebody was number one on the Billboard charts. Wow, the history! What was the what was the highest grossing film of 1987? Probably uh not this, unfortunately. Not this, definitely know. not oh, this. It's not. I'm trying to think if Blockbusters even came out this year. Predator was yeah. Predator was this year. It was Ooh, this year. I wonder if it is. Um, um, see, un- unlike the music rock. and the Playboy covers, I didn't Google this beforehand. On a film uh, podcast. <laughs> a film How much podcast. money was Coles making this year? Let's let's that's the other thing we're famous for. Oh no, no way. Oh no way. What? Don't say oh, that so this is disgusting. What? Top what? ten nineteen eighty seven release films by box office North American gross. 
Coming in at number 10, The Witches of Eastwick. Nine, Lethal okay. Weapon. Eight, Stakeout. Okay. Seven, The Secret of My Success. The Untouchables. Good film. Okay. Moonstruck. Good Morning yep. Vietnam. Beverly yep. Hills Cop 2. Ah, Tony Scott classic. Fatal Attraction. Are you ready for Ooh. number one? Are you ready? Are you ready? I'm ready. For, ready. Three men and a baby. Really? Really. Sheesh. Crime that's a, against, that's a, a crime against cinema. That's such a wild list that that top 10 isn't like filled with like, like blockbusters. Like what was the closest thing to a blockbuster on that list? Like Beverly Hills Cop 2, I guess. I guess. I guess. But like, yeah, like, wow. like damn, that's. That's a different era when a comedy Who film is... can be the highest grossing film of all time that year. Not all Damn. time. That's wild. The last and, and we don't even best crack. Picture. Michael Douglas crack for Wall 10. Street, best actor. Moonstruck oh, for yeah. Cher, best actor. Yep. Oh, actually, you I know, know who? Seen... What? You know who? You know who won mm. best supporting actor for The Untouchables? Oh, 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 oh yeah. Right. Uh, uh, That's right. <laughs> the man, who, uh, the man allegedly favorite. who did play at some point in his life yeah. James Bond. <laughs> Not allegedly. <laughs> he did, he hit those he women. Did, he did. He hit the, he, he did, did hit those uh, women. Yep. And See? and played then two years off playing um Indiana Jones' dad. Which oh. by the way, just to date this episode. Just to date this episode, did you see the photo that came out this morning of um Harrison on the set of Indy Five? No, is that filming now? That's why they they Where started shooting today. Gold Coast. <laughs> no, <laughs> bro. I wish like every uh, fucking other thing is ever. Yeah. <laughs> no, they're filming in. They're filming in. I think Italy. They're somewhere in Europe. And the photo was just Kathleen Kennedy and Harrison on set. And Harrison's in the exact same indie outfit. Just he's got a just he's got a COVID mask on. And it was like, <laughs> damn, damn. damn. <laughs> That's oh. that's that's 2021 imagery right there. Speaking of old I, I legends, great, speaking of old legends, we'll get to this old legend in a sec. But I've just got some Harrison content that I saw on Twitter the other day. Yes, Someone sir. asked Harrison Ford, "So in the Last Jedi, is Han Solo a Force ghost, or what's going on there?" And he goes, "What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, who the? <laughs> well, I don't know what the fuck that is. I don't even know <laughs> if I was in that." I don't care. What is a Star War? Fucking yeah, take your laser sword that's and so, shove it. That's I fucking how funny. Much, that's I love how much God he bless does not him. care about Star Wars. I just no. I he's like the world needs more people who can can counter just counter blind Star Wars fandom. And I say this. Yeah, I love look, that. Look at the shelf behind me. Legends. Speaking of legends, in nineteen, we 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 could decide an answer on that. We could decide an answer on that. No, he's not a fucking Force Ghost. Was he blue? No, he wasn't. He was just. No, he a, wasn't a force ghost. Who, look, actually, no, just no, a daydream. no, no, I, I, no I, I retract everything oh, I said about that. Do you yeah. know what my answer is? Gives- I don't fucking care. <laughs> Go away. Yeah. Toxic. So it, this is this is an <laughs> audio medium, but if this, I want you to picture that image of uh, Harrison Ford pouring out like vodka in the club. You know that image I'm talking about? That's right. That's right. Picture Go that image. We don't give a fuck. We're right there Go next to him, shoulder dog. to shoulder. Speaking Go of crashing legends. on the plane, bro, <laughs> we've really. T- We've really turned Speaking a Speaking of crashing planes, <laughs> living daylights. 1987. We've really turned a page here. We have turned a page. We're into what can only be described as the 
I would say I say this is I think we're in the precursor to the modern era of Bond. Yeah, we yep. really have switched. The, the we flicked a switch. We've gone in. Yeah, some some shits happened. Yeah, Pierce Brosnan nearly got this role and then oh. got the call like neck minute had to go back and do what's his name? Uh, Remington Steel. Steel dicked down Steel. by NBC, which was dicked out of James Bond season. It was the Six, last three episodes. Anyway. Three episodes after they renewed it, just so he didn't have to do, just so he couldn't do James Bond. They cancelled yeah. it after three of the Damn. episodes it aired. But what that has given us is mm. two, sometimes perfect and other times marginally questionable films. Uh, no, I'm starring. Still, yeah. Starring what? who I think is in many ways asterisk. Yeah, best. asterisk opinion of one of the co-hosts. Starring who I think is one of the best James Bond actors ever. What, what I may describe as as a fucking the perfect Timbo two piece meal, um, <laughs> two absolutely iconic and crucial films in this franchise. Absolutely, part one, the Living Daylights. Part one, the Living Daylights. Look, this is such a. This is. Th- there are so many parts of this that are like. I turned this on and it wasn't at, at, at 10.30 and I want to see how it, how it ends on 7, mate, because it wasn't. It's SBS. It's like mm. there's there's how many pieces of classical music in this film? I think it's, oh. this is the most classical music Bond uses. I think I, I read this the other day. There's a count. There's like seven or eight pieces. Um, uh, like, how many blockbusters and it's, and do you know feature? Heavily featured. Exactly. How many blockbusters do you know feature Bratislava and opera? Like fucking none. One. In fact, I'd go so I'd go as far as to say that this is my favorite film featuring Bratislava and opera of all time. I, you put <laughs> slap that on the DVD re-release, baby. Can we <laughs> slap that on right, right on the top? Slap that Morgan on a twenty twenty one. The Coles twenty twenty one re release of the Living Daylights, <laughs> the greatest movie to feature Bratislava <laughs> and opera. And opera. <laughs> oh Jesus! Wild. Walk like yeah. an Egyptian was the number one song of this year. <laughs> Living on a prayer. It wasn't uh, the Pretenders Crazy. and Chrissy Hind. It wasn't it, where has everybody gone from the hit motion picture, The Living Daylights. Well, okay, actually, let's jump back into the music since we're talking music. You know, music written and released 200 years after the music we were just talking about. Yeah. Mozart's 40th, 250 years more like, closer. Something a little closer uh, to uh, something a little closer to the time. We're times. talking about um, um, Walk Like an Egyptian, uh, Open Your Heart, Madonna, Living on a Prayer. I, I thought Jovi. you were going to talk about the actual pop music in the film and its constant use. But- Jacob's Ladder, Huey, in the new- Huey-, Huey Lewis in the News. Ah, oh, this is quality you're, stuff. I just died in your shit. arms. We tonight. have Aha, baby. We have those uh-huh. sweet Scandinavian boys doing the title sequence. Why did they pick that? Is because they were like, oh, um, they were popping. Uh, the full stop. One who did the last uh, one? Duran Duran. Full stop. Duran Duran. Yeah, they were like point. Duran Duran just, did it, and then yeah, just they they were popular. They had they had take on me. It's a banger. It's a hit. Once you work with John Barry, get a get another hit. Which I I, have, I think they do. I found this before, but now I'm having to hit back in my browser history through all these Playboy covers. <laughs> Pure research. It's for research. It's for research. And the it's articles. only articles. Like it was a good seven or eight pieces. Of, like it's because it features quite heavily. 
I, yeah. Is this my favorite Bond movie with a cellist? Yes. Yes. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> quality. It's very true. I remember. Do you, did you see a Mission Impossible Rogue Nation in the theaters? No, I don't think so. I don't think I've seen a Mission Impossible in the theaters. Maybe number two. Wow! Wow! I was going to say there's an opera sequence in 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 Rogue Nation that is, uh, I think probably not directly inspired, but very reminiscent of of some of these opera shenanigans. Uh, oh yeah, done in a Mission Impossible style. Um, oh totally, that's right. But I think this movie is like, I always say it's underrated because it's 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 sort of, I don't know. This is the weird thing we've talked about Bond popularity in that most people these days have only ever seen the Daniel Craig films because they've been out in cinemas. Maybe they they've dabbled into some, some Pierce maybe they've dabbled into some Pierce territory or they've only seen Sean Connery films that their dad's played for them. Like there's or no Roger middle Moore. ground. There's exactly there's no Well, the let's the argument here is that the middle ground is two films. If this, if this is how we're defining the middle ground. And that's okay. I mean, I, so I still don't even think forgotten. people watch I don't think that many people watch Roger Moore. Like I don't I think it's it's only I don't even know what the what the cutoff is for for that like mm. it's this it's mm. not discuss it's not discussed it's 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 nowhere near as even still by people who know more is not as discussed as as a Connery I don't even fucking poor George doesn't even get a look in George. most times George. absolutely oh. the the most George. forgotten look I've got but, all the time in the world to talk about George Lazenby <laughs> and I know that you do as well. But a bing. Ed, yeah, edit in, edit in some 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 <laughs> studio can laughter under that one. That was, that was a lot. The this thing, I feel, the, I feel like this. Yeah, you go, you go. The transition from Roger to Tim. Mm. We we've we've. This is the first transition that has been Lamb. planned, really. Like, you know, Sean to George. There was a whole format. They weren't even sure about. Bond, we've discussed that. Roger is sort of making up for lost time. This is the first time when they've been like, okay, where do we go now? Because we've had somebody who's like a real mix of swag and killer in George and Sean. And then we've had Roger Moore, who has gone the whole gamut of Everything from very serious confrontations in clown cars to <laughs> literally flying to space. You need to post that photo, those two photos on our Twitter. Because yeah, that post how it started and how it's day. going. <laughs> I, I don't want to is- describe it for the listeners. Just, just follow us on Twitter and you'll see yeah. the crew the crew filming uh yeah, uh, the, the, the 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 clown sequences in Octopussy. Yeah, 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 yeah. the the the, the bomb sequences in the big top. <laughs> you only really oh. have one place to go. The, the, it's it's like, the, I, it was like tag yourself. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> tag tag yourself. I'm John Glenn with a fucking big red nose on. <laughs> wow. You, you only have yeah. one place to go, and that is like really straight up adapt the James Bond from the Ian Fleming novels. Like, Connery definitely plays it way more for the screen than the written work. And this is obviously something we're going to have to start talking about more often now that we've literally run out of books. This is the first time and the last time, not 
including Casino Royale, but that's a that's a Kevin McClory that's thing. Another talk about later. story. This is the last Bond film to be based off a written work. This is the last of the Ian Fleming written material, directly at least. Everything from a, here wasn't on it in, just a short story that was also with Thunderball yeah. and something else. No, it has a, it has a. I can't. I, there's no point in grabbing it because oh we're no, a that's right. Octop- Octopussy in the Living Octopussy Daylights, in the Living Daylights, the, of yeah. which I have an so original printing sitting in this back shelf behind me that again you can't see because it's a it's an audio medium. Wow, smells exactly like my grandparents' house, which is just the smell of old books. Yeah, but it's only an it's it's an old it's it's only a short story, isn't it? Yes. By short story, it's 50 pages. Okay. So it's, I guess that's novella length. I don't know how you define that, but it's its more than other short stories that Ian Fleming wrote that he had sort of published in newspapers periodically. Like he had small little excerpts in like the back of a Sunday paper, I guess, is like how they did it. Uh, again, I'm an idiot Zoomer, so I wouldn't entirely <laughs> know, but... The Living Daylights is the the last example in the films of having direct um, adaption. And in terms of its adaption, the book is really just about the scene of Bond helping uh, one of his um, MI6, fellow MI6 agents, um, help. What's the word I'm looking for? Koskov. Yeah, no, but what's the but what's the what what are they doing with him? Defect. He's, he's defecting. Yes, he's defecting. Yes, they're helping him defect. Dumb Zuma, woo! They're helping. <laughs> co- it's it's just Do you the scene even of- spy film, bro. <laughs> do you even? I saw you on the Instagram timeline today do the film guest challenge, and this motherfucker oh. saw five emojis for senses, and then the letter six, and thought Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy. Yeah, that's because I was screaming at my phone. I know. I was tense. I was quite tired. It was very funny. I don't. I just, you know, I think outside the box too much. Also, I've not seen The Sixth Sense. I. (laughs) Spoilers. Bruce Willis may or may not be alive. (laughs) I don't know if you've heard that, bro. Hey, I'm just. Hey, did you know that Dumbledore dies? Oh, fuck. I'm so sorry, bro. Have you seen videos? And this is, again, we're getting off on another great side tangent here. Have you seen videos of, like, when the books of Harry Potter would come out and people would get their, like, hands on, like, early copies, like, days or so before they'd come out? And so motherfuckers would skip straight to the spoilers and then do drive-bys of people lined up to get the books and scream, Snape kills Dumbledore. Fuck. See, unlike I, you, I, I was alive when those books were coming out. I I was time. too. And I was not being in a small rural town, um, A, we didn't have a bookstore that did pre orders, so it was just whoever went to Big W the day it came out. And B, I didn't actually I didn't really give a shit. I'm not a I'm not a Harry Potter fan. <laughs> I read them because everyone at my age fucking did in school and I dressed as Harry Potter for book week and that's and that's about it. Quidditch is based though. Quidditch is the greatest thing to happen to. Um... Quidditch is, is ab- absolutely fantastic. Much like the return of Aston Martin in this film <laughs> that we are apparently allegedly mildly 
adjacent to discussing on this podcast. Yeah, fuck it. Let's talk about the Aston. It's 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 kind of like shocking because even throughout like the Bond cute, films, cute Aston. It's great. The V8 so eighties. It's coming back too. It's gonna be it's gonna be featured in No Time to Die. Maybe what, not the okay. exact build, but a V8 Aston, a V8 Vantage of that an eighties Vant, an eighties Aston. That's cool. That's yeah, cool. like a like a V8 build of a of a like that kind of cube chassis type thing. Something mm. it looks like something that Vin Diesel would drive in the Fast and Furious movies. Totally, absolutely. Which is how you 100%. know it's cool. You know it's cool. It's one of those things because you don't really like notice the absence of an Aston Martin throughout the films until you see one. You'd be like, I don't think I've seen one of those for a while. But mm. then, like throughout the history, there are just long periods of time where they're like, "No, we we don't." Lotus. Until recently, I think there have been. I think there's been an Aston Martin in every film for the past nineteen years. Like we're on a streak from Die Another Day to now. Die Another has, Day. No. Yep. Those yeah. Bi- the do, Vanish. Do they have an Aston? The oh, Vanish. Yeah, because he had BMW for a while for the first. Yeah, for he the did. He, they signed films. the deal. Yeah, they signed the deal. They got it for three films, which is wild because they also have obviously the DB5 feature in Goldeneye alongside a BMW. He drives the 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 DB through Monaco in the beginning. Um, but anyway, yeah, the V8 Vantage is such a it's such a good fit for Timothy Dalton too, and it the the ice chase sequence. And I don't want to say anything too rash here, but I do think it's my personal favorite stunt sequence in the entire franchise. I feel like this is where I jump in and just say the crux of what I'm saying, what I want to say about this film, Mm. because that's a particular scene and sequence where I, I feel like this film has an identity crisis. And and it's a real it's a real crux of trying new things and Timothy Dalton's bond is doing something and the writing is something and then the quips and, and there's something about it that works so well, but also the, also I think it jumps around a lot in its tone. And that mm. I think that scene is an example of that. See, this is a really fascinating the, thing. The the eyes the the the, the expression on your face right now feels like if you were any closer to me than a state border and maybe 10 hours in the car away, that we would be having some <laughs> I think lo- I could do Logan it. I think Paul I could do Mayweather it. hours right here. <laughs> hey. This is a date, I- date this podcast episode without dating this podcast oh, episode. Jesus. Thank goodness a Paul brother will never embarrass um, Bond like they just embarrass the boxing community. Um, oh, no. and- you know, that's up to Amazon. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, another thing that dates this episode. <laughs> what a busy week. It's been a busy Bond week and uh, a busy look, general week. Well. This, is, this is, I think, something we're probably going to be discussing for the rest of the episode. Because this is an argument I hear a lot from the Bond community. Like the only, like this is the thing that they have, that this is the big criticism that they have of the Living Daylights is that to them, it feels like it's not licensed to kill enough and it's not a view to a kill enough. Like it's not Roger enough and it's not 
Tim enough, which I, yeah, which it is, like objectively it is because we again we mentioned at the top, this was also being written around the time they thought Pierce Brosnan was going to do this, like it wasn't the Pierce Brosnan deal. Obviously, you being wait, what month were you born in again? July. So I, I was. This came out like ten days before I was born. Yeah, so you're in your mother's stomach, uh, not obviously, Room. obviously yeah, during the, during the during the production of this film, and I obviously didn't even exist. So I th- something that we got to remember is that the Pierce Brosnan getting hired, not getting hired thing, wasn't like a week; it was months. There was the entire writing period took place when they assumed Pierce Brosnan was going to be playing the role. Someone who we now have the evidence to know can definitely play much closer comedy with those serious moments. And then you have to recast Tim Dalton. Someone who you have a script that is very close in selection, in parts to the source material that is written by Fleming. Like if we just look at the opening sequence, it's maybe it's, it's a great, opening sequence. I think it's one of my favorite Bond opening sequences. Oh, no, sorry. When I say opening sequence, I mean um, the Bratislavan opera, not uh, not Gibraltar. Oh, oh, not Even Gibraltar. though Gibraltar 2 no, is great. Gibraltar. Even though Gibraltar 2 is great. Yes, no, absolutely got, goaded cause, action cause I've just got to say, goat Gibraltar, 100%. And then... Uh, why have they not so been good. back? Why have they not been Can we back? we go back to Gibraltar? Honestly, it's I a think beautiful location, and they the just next use 007 it. has got to go back to Gibraltar. Fucking, fucking, and a. jump and jump out of a C one thirty because that would be like such a to this oh, dude, to if this they, moment. They put an enemy like fortress up the top there for real. Have it be the climax. Have him airdrop in. Sheesh. Yeah. But no, when I talk about the post title credit scene at the Bratislava Opera. Again, almost a direct adaptation from a scene from the book. And it's probably Tim at the most Tim. Like he's, at least in the living daylights, where he's he's completely stoic about the job, but you can see those like, you can see those flecks of Bond humanity coming through where he's like, lovely girl with the cello. Later on when he has to take the shot, he knows I'd stuff my orders. I only kill professionals. That girl didn't know one end of a rifle from the other. This beautiful, like it's 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 a clear, like it's such a brilliant choice for the first scene beyond the opening action scene that's always got to be big and bombastic. Yeah. Because and I, I don't think any of the him. issues I have with this with this film come in till a good thirty minutes in, and and and, and there's not that many. But Which I'm just is saying, the, like, yeah, yeah, and I really am saying like that build. Well, that would be the country like estate, saying, wouldn't it? Yes, yes, and it's just getting it. Oh, even that's. Good. I just think there's elements. I think towards, um, I don't know. There are just there are just times in this where I go, I just want a bit more Tim Dalton. But that's because we've seen yeah. what he can do. And well, my thesis, my thesis statement for this for this side of the argument is that I think Tim, in his performance the entire way through, is perfectly Tim. And all the other external elements that are perhaps not so aligned with the 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 yet to be fully formed Tim brand 
the, the, tim, the tim bond yeah. yeah the tim bond don't really dilute it that much at least to me like when we look at the big villains when we look at koskov who we're led to believe that, by the way good plot just good great use of of of, of characters interacting in ways that aren't Plot. necessarily the this flip. big evil and these the scene in the hotel the scene in the hotel where it's so good Ooh, john reese davies as general bushkin and can we Sheesh. can we just say this because here's the thing about this film that we've been waiting so long we've been waiting since flash gordon to watch this hmm. film Oh yes, we have. <laughs> yes, we have. No, Tim Dalton has not appeared in our lexicon since b- showing up in 1980 in that tight Flash little green Gordon. outfit of his. Oh, that. T- oh, damn! Just absolutely. Sheesh! What an outfit, and what a man! What a and man! John Reese Davies. I know. And 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 look. So good. G- the guy, and I always blank on his name, the guy who plays Koskov, I love him. I love him. I think he's one yeah, of my he, favorite. He's such a characters. schmuck. What a great schmuck character. Like, he, he's so schmuck. perfectly plays both sides, not in a way that is like mustache twirly, but is like, because we all know people who have like that sort of eccentricity that like, you're a bit of a dickhead, but you're a harmless dickhead. So I'm just going to engage with you as little as possible and try and move yeah, past. He it. does that. He nails that tone. That like, is that how is both true. intelligence agencies treat him. From his yeah. defection, the British are like, let's just fucking buy him some caviar let's and get it moving. Fucking, let's go. get that info. Let's the Russians learn are about like, oh, really? He's gone. Uh, look, at least look. It look could be worse. If we that, could if have they, lost someone if, who actually knew something. If he <laughs> didn't, if he didn't take that much state funds with him, they would have let him go. Like they if he didn't, just, yeah, just just does not matter. Does not matter. And then, of course, the first the first appearance of Joe Don Baker as Brad Whitaker. How do you feel about Whitaker? Oh, uh, I think I think he's played exactly as you need him to be played because. You you need to be like this guy wants the biggest dick energy ever, and this ain't it. Like he is, you you do not. He he just wants a war, and yeah, like totally most punchable character in the film, and that's perfectly to what he needs to be because where he is. I um, can we go back to that the Gibraltar because I feel I feel like where it flips there is something that I a point a point in this film where I do. I do love that it flips. Yeah, when he parach- when he parachutes out of the Land Rover that's falling out. Yeah, and then lands, oh. and then and then there's the you know, it's like bikini oh, clad so woman in the- here, Margot. My life's so there's boring. nothing but playboys and tennis prayers. If only and I could find a real man. Plonk. <laughs> I'll be an hour. Make that two. Describe. He does not. He is because- still in mission mode. But he also plays that camp up so well. It's like, that's just so good. I know. There's like a perfect balance of like this is the and this is the thing that gripes me about Tim because critics at the time were like he's he's not as he can't do the humor like Roger Moore can. No, and why would he try? It's got to be a different type of humor. When he lands on top of that boat after this woman has just diatribed about how Gibraltar is boring as shit. He he doesn't like 
he just parachutes down, goes, I need to use your phone. Who are you? Bond, James Bond. And he's doing the work. And it's like, it's, it's, it's such a, because Roger Moore can, has this incredible relationship with the fourth wall where he can make these jokes that are this shy of looking you dead in the eye and winking. Mm. Tim can't, he just has to say them and move on. And it still works. The thing that I love about that is he doesn't care that he's just landed on this thing and he doesn't know that she's like, I I want something crazy and I want this weird thing to happen and I'm on this thing. And he lands and he's like, straight to business, I need the phone. And then he makes the call. And then she's like, do you want to, you know, let's stay a while. mm, This is wild. This is exactly what I want. And he's like, look, I didn't come here to fuck spiders, but why not? (laughs) Yeah, he might not even fuck her. Like we, we this no, is all. He probably has a glass of wine. Exactly, he's probably just chilling on the boat. Like, oh, what do you do? Because uh, this is I also, as you've mentioned, sports. That's right. You've also previously yes. mentioned this is definitely in the Eight. era of Bond, where yeah, absolutely, where there's there's not nearly as much uh, fucking as as nope. as is often. It, Actually, d- can displayed. we just have a shout out to? Can we have a shout out to? I got a shout out to Stephen Van Elk for taking issue with your use of the term body count in a previous episode. Of okay. This, of this podcast. You. <laughs> no, 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 no. What was his issue? He was like, ooh, that's rough. No good. It's cancelled. <laughs> Listen, Steve, I know you're listening. We, the youth, are out here doing some wild things. I, I understand America's kind of nuts, but we in Australia are out here wiling out of control. And back to Bond and not back having AIDS. Uh, <laughs> well, he didn't. No, it's true. <laughs> it's, it's it, yeah, a very conscious decision that they said at the time was incoincidental. And then yeah, years the later, end. he just embraces Mariam Dubo in the in the green room. Yeah, they just have a, a, a kiss. They make nice. out it's and beautiful. Then cut end scene and credits. Which is all you've. It was just all you ever really need because, like, we're all adults. We know. We know what. We know what happens. We know what. We know what happens next. We we don't need to see. Like, <laughs> this is what I always find really funny about sex scenes in movies. It's like. There's just a certain point, and I think the room does this so fantastically, where it's like, we know what happens next. So there's either a point where you, there's no like storytelling that can be done in that period of time. That sometimes, I mean, if it's integral to the plot uh, that Bond is really good at fucking, then I'm sure we'd have really long-winded bits of of that. But doesn't really need to be told so it's just like this this movie and license to kill as a result don't really suffer from that lack of um obvious sexuality but tim's still really hot tim is so hot tim is i think i think he's one of my favorite bonds if not actually no i don't want i don't want to use the word hot i want to use the word sexy because there's a difference like daniel craig is hot but Tim's yeah. sexy. Tim is sexy. And you know, who else is who else has played a Time Lord? Exactly. 
Exactly. You know, and I've been James Bond. I mean, I've been I've been dipping what not to like. And he wasn't Doctor Who, by the way. But also, no, he was. I Rassi, love he was he was Rassilon, baby. All my all my Who heads out here know. I do love that he was a Time Lord, mm. and he also starred in a franchise. Yeah. Which has, I think, the only other, like the two, if you talk yep. about two major f- franchises, at least specifically yep. British, British franchises. Long running. They're only a year apart. That change, that frequently change the actor who plays the lead character. Yep. I mean, like that's, that's a wonderfully of, meta little thing in icons there. Icons of he film and TV. He was also in Doctor Who, not, yep. not playing Doctor Who, but also yep. the same species as the Doctor. Yep. I, I just love, I, I love that. The and character of Rassilon is- could come back played by Pierce Brosnan and we'd all like, we'd lose we'd our minds. Fucking, if that happened, that'd oh be my so gosh, funny. That would be so lie. funny. If that happened, even just in a special, I'd be like, someone, yeah. someone at the BBC is absolutely yeah. pressing exactly the button that they know. Somebody knew what to do. Somebody like, knew what they were button, doing. There's a button on the board there going, this, this will please Morgan Roberts, yeah. Brisbane, Australia, Dominic Fitzgerald. Yep. Musselbrook, yep. New South Wales. Yep. And Boom. then the list will Amazing. just go down of every yeah. other <laughs> diehard. But of of the 10 like, other people who who really love Doctor Who and uh, Bond. I've been le- dipping my toes. It's, it's very funny that you mention this because I've been dipping my toes back into Doctor Who recently watching select Me episodes too. here and there. It's, I watched the first. Is it in the air? It's yeah. It was on ABC the other night. Uh, the first, uh, they're, they're currently uh, like last week or tenish mm. days ago or something. It was um, Peter Capaldi's first episode. Yeah, where at the end of it, she picks up the phone and it's the Matt Smith Doctor. Yeah, calling her from the past. Yeah, no, from from the future. I don't know. It, no, it's from it's from the it's from part. he does it. Trends. No, he, it's from Trends of Law. Yeah. But he's it's like after he's after he's, he's turned back yeah. into a normal human being, not the weird crepity old man up in the tower. Anyway, Doctor Who fans yeah. unite. But let's get again. Look, this is. I think here's the thing about that I, that I love about oh. doing this podcast is yeah. that I feel like if I ever do jump into a film discussion with you, mm. and I have reservations mm. that. I have slightly less reservations post the conversation with you. Uh, yeah, it's an interesting thing because I know I always feel like I always it, it, part of me. Yeah, part of me questions my own self judgment because I know that people. I I love this film wholeheartedly. It's in my top three. There's nothing about it that doesn't bring me intense joy and pleasure, and and I can never. It's so hard to like put myself in other people's shoes to know like why they don't it's the same mm. problem i have with the last jedi it's it's such a good movie that i do not I, I i do not comprehend how people can not love every single piece of it like i know they tell me why but i just don't get it like i just i can't two and two is not making four yeah. for me in those moments and it's the same with this this is so fun it's it's lighthearted. It's got great acting. It's got great action. I saw it in the theaters last year, when they back in October when everybody had booked all the Bond films, thinking that, to replay when they thought a new one was going to be coming out not long after. I took a friend of mine who is not a Bond fan to see The Living Daylights, and and Goldeneye, and he preferred The Living Daylights, which I find very interesting. But we don't have to talk about that until Goldeneye. We'll get there soon. 
it's just I might start watching that tonight, actually. All these elements are still here and they just they're bussing. They're bussing. I can't I really can't, and it's probably bad as a film student that I can't pontificate my love for this film specifically into words like that. But I want to finish on one little dumb anecdote. Did you ever own a 3DS? <laughs> no, my sister may have. Yeah. No, she they, had a DS. She had a DS Lite. Yeah. Three DS. On the DSi and the 3DS, they had this app called um like a like a little DSi sound app or 3DS sound app where you could record little sound bites and like play with them. And I remember the first time I ever saw The Living Daylights in 2011, a month or so after I had bought for my whatever birthday it was that year, my 11th birthday or 12th birthday. No, it would have been 13th birthday. A new 3DS, brand new. They'd only just come out. It was the only thing I wanted. I'd save up half the money for it. It's watching The Living Daylights and I record what I think is still to this day a line that I hear and lose my shit at. I think it's so funny, specifically the line when they've just, they're in Afghanistan, they've just <laughs> turned up with the um, with the Mujahideen, and they've just pulled up to do the deal with the Russians. Bond finds out what's in the bags, raw heroin, and he goes up to the Khan character and he goes, what the hell are you up to, Cameron? Selling dope! <laughs> and, I find that, and I find that line to this day so funny. But I recorded it. I put it. I changed all the pitch shifting. I, I put it on loop. It was just. I had a ball with that soundbite, and to this day, I can't. I can't not laugh when I hear the line. And I think it's. I think it's a symbol of my love for the film. Pure joy. My name is Robert Morgan Roberts. Fitzgerald, Dominic Fitzgerald. Things are gonna get really serious next time. So get your jokes out now. <laughs> <laughs>